0: Coming right up, Straight Talk with Art Levine. Our guest tonight, Don Knabe, Chairman of the L.A. County Board of Supervisors, as we continue our 22nd anniversary year. Straight Talk is brought to you in part by the Port of Long Beach, a leader in international trade and environmental stewardship.
1: And the Press-Telegram, your local news leader for over 100 years. And Scan Health Plan, for your health and independence.
0: Join us for tonight's edition of Straight Talk. And now your host, Art Levine. Good evening and welcome to Straight Talk. We have as our guest for the entire show the Honorable Don Kanabi, who's the chairman of the L.A. County Board of Supervisors. Welcome back to our show, Don. Art, always nice to be with you. Congratulations on your election for the fourth time as chairman of the board. Well, I
1: think it's congratulations. It could be condolences. Uh, Yeah, well, I know.
0: (laughs) 16 years, uh, a long time of service, but this is your last term and it's a great honor to be uh, chosen as chair. Now, one of the big issues facing the board uh, is uh, Sheriff Baca has just announced that he will be retiring at the end of the month, January and uh, the board collectively has the legal responsibility for filling that vacancy until the next election. Give us your thinking on how the board should approach that.
1: Well, first of all, I know you always like the big picture and sort of put things in perspective. The board of supervisors due to term limits, you mentioned my last term, within 24 months it's gonna have four new supervisors. Okay, so if you put that into play and then the fact is, now we have a sheriff that announced his sudden retirement at the end of this at the end of January of 2014, we do have the responsibility to appoint an interim. That interim would serve until the first Monday in December of this year because that's when Sheriff Baca's term retires. You know, that's when his term is up. So we have the choice of either appointing someone from the inside, someone from the outside, someone that's not going
0: to be a candidate. And just to be clear, there will be an election in November or June. The election's in June. In June, and then... And there are uh, a runoff, runoff in no,
1: in, Should no one get the 50% plus one, then there would be a runoff So this
0: appointment will be for someone who uh, will be serving, as you said, till the end of December, but there'll be an election uh, in June, and this person may or may not be running.
1: Right. And, but, I mean, in June, when that election is... Let's say that someone wins outright, okay? They don't take office till December, although right. there might be a way to, to work right. that out. But the point being, the election's in June... The runoff's in November, the top two. Okay, if no so one. your
0: view of who should be appointed?
1: Well, my view, I, I truly believe, and this is just myself speaking at this particular point, is that we appoint someone that is not going to be a candidate. Really? Because at the end of the day, you have to keep in mind, we still have the largest sheriff's department in America. We still have the responsibility to patrol our streets. We still have the responsibility to implement the recommendations of the Jail Violence Commission in our jails. We have the responsibilities of day-to-day code enforcement, drug activity. I mean, harbor patrol. You name it. So, so running, running to me, it, I think it really hurts the person. Number one, but more importantly, you can't do the day-to-day management of such a large department and be a candidate. And so, I think the one thing I really appreciate about Sheriff Baca doing it when he did is the fact that now we'll have a normal election. Now we will be able to get the best candidates ever because. I was concerned that should he make that announcement ever, I mean up till now no one he never talked about it, he could have made it the last day of filing. And that happens when you only get five more days for people to file. So this way there's plenty of time, the filing opens in a few weeks, you've got till March, so this way you're going to find out who wants to run and who's not. Well
0: let me ask the $64 question because we here in Long Beach have a wonderful Chief of Police, Jim McDonald. Uh, 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 City Prosecutor Doug Halbert has already urged him publicly mm-hmm. uh, to, uh, be the ne- to run, to be the next sheriff as the most qualified person. Uh, we would hate to lose him in Long Beach, but uh, he seems highly well qualified to be. And he's, a, he's an outsider in a sense. There are well-publicized problems uh, with the Sheriff's Department, particularly with regard to jail and jail violence. And a lot of folks probably feel it would be a good idea for someone from the outside to come in to, to help uh, straighten things out.
1: Well, as someone who was Chief McDonald's strong supporter to bring him to Long Beach and, and really wanted him to come here uh, after not being chosen you know, police chief in, in Los Angeles, everybody forgets he was one of the top two candidates. And either one, Chief Beck or Chief McDonald, were both great candidates. I personally am a very strong Chief Jim McDonald candidate supporter. Uh, I have been, I, I, I've encouraged him to run since the announcement. Um, I, I just think that not only what he's done for Long Beach, but what he did with LAPD, the fact that he was my appointee to the Jail Violence yes, Commission, so as an outsider with fresh eyes, he's also an insider to have the benefit of all the knowledge of the testimony from those people that have been impacted exactly. by jail violence. Exactly. So I, you know, I'm, I'm sure in his own mind, while we have not had a particular discussion about it, uh, he has some ideas, and it'd be a set of fresh eyes to do that. He's also very community connected. He does great outreach proga- outreach programs to the various ethnic communities. Uh, he's working he's, closely
0: with our Long Beach Police
1: Foundation. Oh, absolutely! And and he out. is just one of those unique individuals, and I think he would do just an outstanding job. And
0: and uh, hopefully, uh, he will make that decision soon that he's going to run. So you'd obviously be a supporter of him being uh, mm-hmm. the next sheriff, but. YOU DO NOT WANT TO APPOINT ANYONE WHO WOULD BE A CANDIDATE TO THIS INTERIM uh, POSITION.
1: I JUST FEEL STRONGLY THAT IT WOULD BE TOO DIFFICULT uh, TO to RUN A CAMPAIGN AND TO RUN OUR SHERIFF'S DEPARTMENT BECAUSE WE CAN'T FORGET ABOUT THE THOUSANDS OF MEN AND WOMEN THAT ARE DEPUTIES THAT DO THE JOB EACH AND EVERY DAY REGARDLESS OF WHO IS AT THE TOP. AND OUR RESPONSIBILITY AS A CONTRACTOR WITH THESE VARIOUS CITIES, OUR RESPONSIBILITY FOR LAW ENFORCEMENT, FOR CODE ENFORCEMENT, ALL THE DIFFERENT ISSUES THAT THE SHERIFF'S DEPARTMENT, METRO TRANSPORTATION you know, they do all the sheriff. So we can't forget about that. So we need somebody in place that knows the system, has been familiar with it, not part of the problem, but to be able to run the department until
0: the next time such time as sheriff's elected. Well said. And uh, you also made the point before we went on air that if you were to appoint someone who might be a candidate, you would want all five supervisors to be board with that with Absolutely. That I mean that would be that would be critical and then and then that's so uh, probably not going to happen.
1: Well it probably won't wouldn't happen. I mean, but we do get a lot of 50 votes, but I yeah. think two things happen. One, I feel very strongly about that, you would not want to put somebody in that position even for interim on a split vote, number right. one, and particularly right. if they're a candidate. Yeah. And number two, uh, if you do it 5-0, then all of a sudden there's the it's a, outcry. It's, it's an inside job. It's it's inside a wired, job, yeah. backroom deal, you know, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And you don't yeah. want to put that on a potentially well, very good, good candidate good as thinking, well. Good thinking. Good
0: thinking. Okay. Yeah, in the next segment, we want to ask Don some of the challenges that he sees the board facing, aside from the uh, sheriff situation. And we'll be back after these messages. Mm-hmm. we a conversation with Don Kanabe, chairman of the board of the L.A. County Board of Supervisors. Don, you took office on December 3rd as chair, and you made a speech to your uh, colleagues and to the public, uh, some of your priorities, and, and one was innovation and customer service. That's a refreshing idea for government.
1: Well, and I think, you know, I've always looked at As I tell uh, my staff, I want them to be the Nordstroms of the 8th floor. People don't come to us to say thank you people come to us because they're hurting or in need and if we can find a problem that not only fix it for the folks but say look at it maybe that's a problem within our system how can we change it how can we make it different so i really believe that as big as we are the largest county in america and the kinds of things that we do each and every day the two most critical things that we have to sort of upgrade one is innovation as it relates to technology as it relates to the interface of all the departments not each department doing their own thing And then, obviously, customer service. You know, I mean, uh, my line that I use is, you know, contacting the county should be like placing an order on Amazon. Nice. And, uh, you know, next day kinds of services. So we have, well, we've done some pretty good things and innovative things. We have a long way to go. We still have our issues with one-stop kinds of situations where people still have to make return trips. There's no reason that we couldn't do business electronically like everyone else like you know a lot of places do and be able to do things online to make it easier for people to start a business uh, maintain a business uh, get their proper permits particularly like with you know the health permits and those kinds of things that are always sticklers and take time make government more user-friendly absolutely and you don't have to do that by hiring more staff and spending more money you may have to spend more money in the front side of it with infrastructure but
0: certainly not having to bring more people in. And you mentioned tearing down silos, and this is an area that I'm somewhat familiar with uh, because of my wife's work in, in workplace uh, solutions. But uh, what we want to do is is have divisions of corporations and the private sector, and in your case, departments of the county, work more closely with each other rather than in their silos. And and you've even proposed a Chairman's Challenge. Well, that's, that's to sort of get things going,
1: I'm excited about that opportunity. A chairman's challenge to see who wants to be innovative, who can create, who can break down silos, and not only come up with a great program to make it more efficient, but at the end of the day for the clients that we have to serve. You know, when you look at a kid in probation, on uh, probation or in our, one of our facilities, everybody says, well, that's a probation kid. But you know that young man or young lady has mental health issues, health service issues, public social services, it may be a family issue. And so these wraparound services, every person that we help uh, more than likely is being touched by more than one department. So what I've asked folks to do, the department has, is said, "Look, look at your job, look at who you serve, look at who you touch each and every day. You have great staff, you have great social workers, you have all this, but who else touches them in the county? You ever sit down and think about that? And I think that's the big difference
0: because they have it. And so this award will go to the two departments that have worked most closely together and, and gotten the synergy going. Absolutely.
1: But, but the ideal thing would it would be four departments because you've come up with a program that, hey, this person that we serve uh, in our safety net services is touched by these four departments. And how we, can we make that better for our departments well, we, or for the,
0: the citizen that we serve? Well, we look forward to seeing who gets that award from you, the chair. I look forward, at the forward the end of the year. Uh, well, you
1: know what? I really look forward to having an award. Uh, yeah. I mean, because if I don't have an award, then it's not been That's successful. That's right.
0: If no one works
1: together, exactly. no award. Okay, yeah,
0: yeah. and maybe there'd be two. Yeah, exactly. Child sex trafficking—another issue that you want to focus on.
1: Well, uh, you've had me on the show before about this, and, and it's an obvious an issue that was brought to my attention a couple of years ago, and uh, just so horrific.
0: I, I, you know, uh, it's hard to believe that this is going on right, yeah, right. in. In California, in our county, no less, in 2014.
1: Art, I, you hit it on the head. I mean, it was always something that I thought happened over there. In third world countries, yep, yep, those yep, kinds yep, of yep, things. Yep, but, yep. you know, discovering it's in our own backyard, it's in the five county area, it's in the state, it's across the nation. Uh, I had the opportunity to go back and testify in front of the Foreign Affairs Committee about this issue. And while well, other members of Congress, you know, thought, wow, that sounds like us, you know, kind of, and realize it all of a sudden. And what we're trying to do is to take. You know how we had the big drug awareness program and you know, made it a national kind of a thing? We're trying to do the same thing with this. Yeah. These young girls are 10, 12, 14, 15 years old, uh, coming out of either our foster care system, coming out of domestic violence kinds of situations. And you know for the first time in their life, somebody says, I love you, you're beautiful. And that's the pimp. They're scumbags. I mean, there's no other way to describe yep. it. So yep. we need to work on the penalties for them. And well, now we're working on penalties for the jobs, the people that use them. Uh, you know, I was doing a fundraiser for these girls and uh, one of the probation officers got a page, and the page was a 10-year-old girl had just been arrested. So what was happening was treating these kids like victims. I mean, you know, instead of, they're not the criminal, Treat them, they're victims. I mean, the what demand. 10 or 12-year-old do you know that makes the decision, you know what, I want to be a prostitute today. Yeah. Yeah. And so the gangs are getting into it, it's cheaper than guns and drugs and things Man. like that, turning these girls eight, 10 times a night. So
0: we need yeah. to make a difference. I'm but anyway, to, I'm, I'm, I'm on that. It. And I know uh, one of the, uh, the programs you originated and is near and dear to your heart uh, is the Safe Surrender Program. And I know that the, I just read in the press release the first Safe Surrender already occurred this year. 2014. That yeah, makes yeah. 114 um, that
1: we've been able to save. And, and I would just will tell you uh, just, if just I the, have a legacy, yes. you know, I mean, yes. that's it. You know, a mother can take this baby, a newborn no baby. No blame, no shame. No name. No
0: name. And 72 hours of birth, yeah. any place. Yeah. Hospital. And that's not something that costs money. That's something that just took political will. So yep. congratulations Thank you. to you for that. OK, we'll be back with the next segment of the show after these messages.
2: How do you like your chances the rest of the way? I got
0: no idea. But I do know that if we stay with Naples Rib Company, or at least we won't go hungry.
2: Coach, what do you think about some of those questionable calls tonight? Oh, yeah. But if you want a sound call,
0: I'd call Naples Rib Company. You can't miss on that call.
2: Then Naples Rib Company is part of your game plan?
0: There really is nothing more motivating than a great barbecue meal
2: at Naples Rib Company. Victory or not, Naples Rib Company, great game plan. Founded in 1976, Pauly's Gourmet Coffee is Southern California's most complete gourmet coffee store. Pauly's has the best tasting coffee, freshly roasted every day right in the store plus a wide selection of teas, an in-house bakery, espresso bar, patio dining, and more. We also offer Wi-Fi, free internet access for all of our customers. Our nationwide clientele agree, when it comes to coffee, there's only one name to remember, Polly's, 4606 East 2nd Street, welcoming you into Belmont Shore.
1: When I was a boy growing up in Italy, I had a dream to own my own store. I came to the United States, and I worked hard as a tailor. Hi, I'm Umberto. I've been in Long Beach since 1960, carrying the finest quality men's clothing. It was a long way away, but styles are just around the corner. Umberto, 2141 Bellflower, Long Beach.
0: We're back with Don Canabi, chair of the LA County Board of Supervisors. Don, you've mentioned many times that uh, you have the best job in America. In your view, you represent two million people. Uh, you and your four colleagues make decisions and things get done. You don't have the luxury of being ideologues at this level. Uh, and uh, 10 million people in L.A. County. its mm-hmm. a lot of folks. Largest county in America. If we were a state, we're somewhere between Ohio and
1: Michigan. So it's a huge responsibility. And I think, um, you know, one of the concerns that I have about tournaments, you know, for me, it's fine, you know, based in Asia and everything else. but. Uh, it's been the continuity of the Board of Supervisors over the years. You know, once again, Standard & Poor's just raised our ratings, our credit ratings from AA to AA+, plus, unheard of in large municipalities in these days and these times and over the last few years. And so with that responsibility, obviously, we have to implement. We don't, like you said, we can't be ideologues and fight about things or esoteric kinds of things. If, you know, how do we fix the problem? And that's, if you look at our most of our votes as it relates to the safety net, they are rarely three to two or four to one, most of them are five oh because we all have that responsibility as the ultimate safety net for the people in need, and we have to implement the crazy laws that are passed
0: and you mentioned in your address to your colleagues on December third that Obamacare is coming and whether you like it or didn't like it, supported it, and then it's here, and we have to implement it and even though there's uh, Obamacare, there's still millions of uninsured county residents.
1: Well, I mean, that's everybody thinks that that was going to be the panacea, and that's what I told everybody. I said, look, whether you're for it against it, it's here. We have to deal with it. We need to be ready for it. On the other hand, at the end of the day, when, even if everyone that was eligible was signed up, we're still going to have to close to a million people here in Los Angeles County yeah. that are uninsured. Yeah. Now, that's down from 2.5 million, so that's good. It's created a situation where the county has to be a competitor, We have to look to keep our base, to keep those people that now have insurance that didn't and not have them run someplace else because otherwise we truly would be left with only the non-paying customer. So the good news is it changed the culture in our county health system that we don't just have to take care of poor people. We have to do that plus, but we also have to take care of the insured population that now have access under
0: Obamacare. And you represent 2 million people, Mm -hmm. which is more, as you've pointed out, than most United States senators. Well, or governors. A lot of governors. Or governors.
1: Yes. So, I mean, it's, it's a huge responsibility. I have 28 cities in my district. Uh, so uh, they all have mayors and city councils, so we work together. I mean, um, But in the unincorporated areas, I'm their mayor, city council, police chief, fire chief, whatever it may be. Uh, so it's, it's a big responsibility. But my point being is that we're not hung up in committees. We're not hung up in partisanship. We don't look at a situation like, you know what, if you vote for this, I'll vote for that kind of. We have to fix the problems. And so you get to be a problem solver. You don't get stuck with a Democratic or Republican caucus. You don't get stuck with a, a, a presidential or gubernatorial veto. You get stuck fixing the problem, and it's the best job in
0: the world. You know, this is a little bit off the direct topic, but I've come to the conclusion that term limits are counterproductive, that uh, it's a ultimately a bad idea to automatically exclude people from running who are capable, who the people support, and who would want to stay. We don't take a surgeon who's trained and say after 10 years, you can't practice your craft anymore. Mm-hmm. And even though uh, you know a lot of jokes are made about politicians and everything, there is a learning set. And uh, I would favor eliminating term limits for our elected officials if we your 16 years if if you felt like you wanted to run again and if the I think you should have that opportunity
1: I do I mean I always think that the voters it's up to the voters to decide who they want to represent yeah they have their own term limits if you look at term limits in most cases it's been a derivative of attack on one person that they think has been there too long not so much another part of the country or so much a part of your state and so I, I just felt it's had a dramatic negative impact on the Mm -hmm. state of California. Uh, I I think, you know, uh, the the legislature continues to deal with issues that we should be dealing with, and there's no vision for education, there's a vision for health care, you know. And and so we have this situation. And I just believe that the voters are responsible enough to vote for those that they want or not want. But you put term limits on a ballot, it passes.
0: And I know one of the causes for people staying in too long is gerrymandered districts, but we've addressed that with our new system in California exactly. for fairly drawing the line. So I think it's time to reconsider term but limits. Even if
1: you had term limits, they should be like 20 years or something like that, to, yeah. to the point where, you know, he, I, I'm worried about the Board of Supervisors, with 4 or supervisors in 24 months. Do they run on the issues that are on the forefront of what we're dealing with, or do they run on the issues of a couple cities that have large voter turnout? And so
0: there's no focus. And we're having on- the same problem in Long Beach. We're going to have four or five new Absolutely, city council yeah. people. And one of the arguments uh, for eliminating term limits was best articulated by our Mayor Bob Forster, who said he thinks the people should be allowed to stay there long enough for the consequences of their lousy votes coming home to roost, so they can, they'll have to face the music. Well, if you look
1: at how the progress in Sacramento, the number of bills coming out of both houses has increased. And they increase because somebody's running for re-election or running for the next office. Yeah. And they never, they never have to face up the accountability of the implementation of their actions. Yeah, And so I, from from my standpoint, I mean, that's the accountability factor because it's very easy to
0: cast a vote if you know you're not going to be held responsible that's for right. it. That's right. Well, it's like the old policeman's prayer, please God, not on my watch. You, right. you don't want the problems. There. But I think people should be still in that office when the problems caused by bad decisions uh, such as the pension giveaway several years ago here in in our cities and counties come back not counties cities come back to roost well yeah we we didn't get caught up in the battle but the, the pension issue is the classic example
1: because in years past when there were difficult economic times and you couldn't give a pay raise they were giving pension increases. Yes. Because, oh, by the way, that's going to be that's 20, 30 years from now. Well, it's not that, going to be our problem. 20, 30 years is here today, and that's how the whole pension
0: issue started. The future is it's now. The future as, is uh, now. As uh, the great coach, George yeah. Allen, late... Right. G- okay, we're back with the rest of our show after these messages.
2: Take care of those who are closest to you, from our family to yours. McCarty's Jewelry, since 1932. When a child is born, it should be the happiest time in one's life. But for some, it's just too difficult to handle. Think, before you do the unthinkable, there is an option. Don't abandon
0: your baby. Don, thank you so much for your years of public service. I, I know what it means to you, and I know what it means to your constituents, so uh, keep up the good work. Well, Art,
1: I, I always thank you for uh, inviting me to participate in the show. Uh, uh, I credit you early on and sort of give me a little hit to be here today, and, and I say that in the sense that one of the last debates that I had uh, with my opponent, who will go unnamed uh, at the time, was on your show, and it made a huge difference in our campaign and out of that and over the years, uh, while we may have disagreed on some issues, we've developed a friendship, and it's always a privilege and an honor for me to be on straight talk because even though I kid you about it and give you a hard time about it, uh, I enjoy, always enjoy my time with you. Thank you, Thank
0: you, Don, and uh, uh, appreciate uh, your kind words. Thank you. Thank you all for joining us, and please be with us next week for the next edition of Straight Talk. Good night, everyone.
1: Straight Talk has been brought to you by the Port of Long Beach, the Press-Telegram, and Scan Health Plan. And remember, Straight Talk is viewable 24-7 at straighttalktv.com.